Hi, I'm Blossom Calderoni and you're listening to WKDU Philadelphia 91.7 FM. I feel like your lover, your sister, your mother and your friend. Welcome to Genre Therapy, a safe space for all musicians to navigate the stories behind their songs and shine a light on parts of their music we might have missed. In this episode, we make a long-distance call to Blossom Calderoni in Gloucester, UK. We reflect on her song, Girlfriends, a buoyant message of solidarity to everyone bearing the weight of another person's anxieties. Between discussing the collaborations and conversations that contributed to the song, Blossom recalls her favorite parts about making music. I love performing live. I think that's kind of what I've always naturally felt the best at out of all the different things involved in music. I love I love performing. I love like talking to the audience and sort of like I just think you can like break so many like boundaries. I not that sounds so flipping stupid. But it's in like you can just like break you can just do different things. People would be like, oh that was fun or like oh were you meant to say that were you meant to do that and I just think it's like fun doing stuff for reactions a little bit that's quite possible on stage and I do miss that I just miss being able to like talk and have like I don't know really I just love yeah performing is just fun for so many reasons like people get to hear your songs live and that's such an amazing experience if they like are a fan or getting to like speak to people that enjoyed your show like it's just the best feeling what it's been replaced with is reading through like instagram requests messages and people sending nice things like that still gets you a similar feeling but for me it's always been about like people's response to my music but yeah live performance miss it bring it back it'll be so fun i did do a live performance of the song i did a live video at the royal academy of music and i played cello and sang and we had a quartet and that was so fun like honestly just the most fun that was one of the best like days so far of like my music life i suppose like it just was so much fun it was all my friends and my friend filmed it and it was it was just really good really good time such a big room as well and it's so like it was so kind of like because obviously that room is really usually purely used for just like very large dark classical performances and my friend Hayden who I wrote the song with and who played cello in that video he studies there and it was just a really fun experience to just be like messing around in that room <laughs> I just wanted to do a live video I think it's something I've never really displayed much up until now but like my first instrument like first and foremost always has been the cello like I'm inspired by so much classical music and I listen to so much music that kind of just platform strings and platforms like their beauty I suppose so I'm really trying to just like incorporate it more like I'm gonna sort of create a new set once obviously we can gig again where I'm sort of playing the cello leading it rather than the piano and I'm kind of backed by a quartet rather than a band and just sort of like trying to really like bring that into my sound because it's such a big 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 inspiration for me and I feel like I've sidelined it for a bit um so I'm definitely rediscovering that and rediscovering how I can I guess yeah just like bring it back into like the, the forefront of my music like one of my one of my songs Aldo I wrote that on my cello like um I've just got so many little songs that I've written on my cello that I love and I want to just put them out and play them because they're really cute 
No, I love writing sad songs. I love making people cry. I love making people like, I, honestly, I love it. Like <laughs> my job is when I like do a show and I haven't made someone cry, I'm like, well, that was crap. Like <laughs> I love like, that's how I like started doing music. I would sing at the piano, like chubby little 14 year old and make people cry. That's what I'm good at. So that's kind of still my, definitely my aim with my music. I'm just sort of exploring different sides of it. But you know, when I have done happier stuff, people are like, oh, you've changed your sound a bit and I'm like well I'm not always sad so that's why but you know I love sad music I probably just do this is like a rarity for me putting a sad a happy song out it's not even that happy to be honest like the chorus is happy but the song's actually dark like everyone's like oh god it's it's really fun but like it's actually kind of a bit twisted because it's a really dark concept and I'm like hmm I suppose it is I was with a friend we were playing we were in a place called Wales and I'd had a really bizarre night or like 24 hours with my ex-boyfriend. We were talking about it and we just sort of started writing it. It came from just a really organic place, I suppose. We were just sort of discussing what had happened the night before um, and how I was feeling. And yeah, it just sort of, it just came quite easily. And I was also writing with a friend, which made things obviously so easy. It was just basically a conversation that translated onto music quite well. We kind of just like wrote the song and I was like, you know what? I like it as it is. Usually I'm like, oh, let me change this. Let me try this. Maybe I could switch that around. Once we changed that, the chords in that first verse, I was like, I'm actually happy with it. I just really like it I think it works in all different capacities and we originally started writing it on the cello so the original version of it is my friend playing cello and me singing because I play cello he plays cello so it's quite we always start writing like that um which just provides like a whole new different scope for like melody and stuff it's just like really nice to write with as an instrument it's not the first time Last night you were crying, this morning you tell me you're fine I want to know what happened and who I should blame If you're in the wrong, I'll still love you the same Bring me a problem. I always like to have the song written and finished as a standalone song before kind of adding anything else because that's kind of how I work with it, like quite traditionally, I guess, with production. Um, but yeah, we obviously had like chords, then lyrics just came quite naturally. And then I love writing melodies. That's kind of the one thing that I could never, never, ever get bored of. Like I just absolutely love writing different melodies and trying different stuff out. So changed around quite a few times actually as well, the melodies for Girlfriends. You called me again with a problem It's not the first time Last night you were crying This morning you tell me you're fine With this song specifically, it really was just sort of... I mean, obviously the lyrics are all quite, quite clearly about... Um, a boy and how he struggles to like speak about things openly, speak about emotions openly, much like many other people, I suppose. Um, so like, it's just literally my take on that situation, my telling of telling of that story in my life. It happens across. I mean, it's like not some, you know, unique story. I can I can list many girlfriends that kind of had similar situations with their boyfriends or whatever. 
whether it's dads or brothers or boyfriends or cousins it's it's so it's it's just so prevalent i guess um yeah absolutely it's it's a bigger bigger problem than just sort of young men in relationships it's far bigger than that what do you think those men need to hear i don't know i i just think it's general acceptance they just need to hear general acceptance and sort of kind of be encouraged to say what they need to say i think often it's about en encouragement um just in my experience anyway and sort of assuring that person that whatever they say is all right like you know you can say what you want just more of that i think there's one specific thing that's going to solve it and it's like one sort of line and every guy's kind of different um but yeah just general like acceptance and just sort of openness and that being sort of like the bare minimum will encourage openness in the future i think i hope feel like your lover, your sister, your mother and your friends don't check in quite enough. You've been through a lot and I wanna help you, but I can't do it all. It's left me confused, is that what girlfriends are for? It's not always easy to say how you feel, but it's 2020, darling, it's time to be real. Tell me what you're thinking, I promise that I'm listening. We can't just keep on drinking. Did you envision while you were doing the initial songwriting that like big transition from the verse to the chorus? Not really, but it did happen quite quickly. I mean, sort of like with that first day we started writing the song, we planned that. I was like, oh, let's do this. And then we just did. And it was always there from that point. So it kind of felt quite normal quite quickly. That literally just came about as we'd finished the verse and I sort of just sang at my friend and I was like, what about this? And it just seemed so insane, which I appreciate. It is a big time change and it is a little bit silly. But I was like, you know what, at this point, might as well. It'll be fun and it'll be really fun to perform because it's such a change. And I literally just sang the melody at him, like, da, 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 da. And then he just, like, put some chords underneath it and I was like, yeah, jokes, let's do that. <laughs> it's just good fun. And it was only when I played it to other people, they were like, Boston, that's insane, like, it's so fast. I was like, yes, yeah, fun, isn't it? And then I, then I played it at, at a show and I laughed we start singing the chorus and I said on the mic before I was like it sounds a little bit like a club classic and it does when that chorus comes in it's like some big drop and we start doing it and I just laughed I just fell about I couldn't sing it it was so funny So a guy called Spider Noises produced the song and I'd reviewed his out. He put an album out last year that I reviewed and I was like, this guy is brilliant. This production is really, really, really cool. He did like, a really nice um, little album on Bandcamp and I was like, you know what? Let me just see if he actually wants to work on my song. It's like, all he can say is no. And I just reached out and I was like, do you want to produce my song? And he's like, yeah, why not? So it was just really, again, really fun. And I was such a big fan of his prior to it. So everything he put on, I was like, yeah, that is really, really fun. And he just kind of got, immediately got the um, sort of, the surreal element of it, I guess. Uh, the sort of tongue in cheek element of it just is something that I liked in his music. So he kind of got it instantly in mine, I feel anyway. 
Um, and that's him on the guitars. It's sort of like a, I don't know, I, again, it's a bit, it's quite jolly. It's a little bit folky at moments. Um, some of the guitar bits that he's put in, they were all recorded on like a Tascam pocket recorder as well. So it's just giving them this really nice warmth that I think is just perfect for the song. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I think the guitars, again, when I heard those on the second verse, I was like, oh, yeah, this is it. This is perfect. It immediately lifted it. I was like, this is perfect. It feels a little bit sea shanty at moments, especially in that last, that last gang vocal, which is my family. That's all my family singing on that in lockdown. Um, yeah, it definitely was meant to be that vibe. Because at that point I was like, we're going to have to go whole hog with it. We can't do this preposterous chorus and then not. I feel like your lover, your sister, your mother and your friends don't check in quite enough. You've been through a lot and I want to help you, but I can't do it all. You've left me confused, is that what girlfriends are for? So that's all Tupperware, you know, like plastic containers for food. That's all Tupperware, because if I, I will remind you that the song was all sort of done in lockdown. So no studios, not that I could have budget for a studio anyway, to be honest. But yeah, it was all just like Tupperware um, that Jack recorded. There's a song called Honey Body by Kishi Bashi. I don't know if you know it. He uses loads of strings in his music, he's a violinist, and he has a, that song, Honey Body, and it's so rhythmic, and it's so instantly, like, like, in, I, it just captures you instantly. And I was like, I want my song to do that, like, just instantly sort of, like, grab you. Um, obviously, loads of songs do that, but I think this song specifically is just because it's quite bizarre. I appreciate it's quite bizarre at the beginning, and then it obviously stops. I was like, yeah, why not? And initially, I was like, oh, I can't do that because the first verse is so slow. How am I going to capture people with my slow, dulcet tones? And I was like, wait, let me just slap that instrumental at the beginning, grab them, and then just take them back to the verse. Who's setting the rules? Let me just do it. So I did. And I'm really pleased that we did because everybody was like, eh? I was so confused. But then I realised what you did and I loved it. And I was like, cool. was kind of we were recorded before the first lockdown in England uh, Hayden couldn't actually come because he thought we had coronavirus so after all of the work he couldn't even play cello on it which was really sad um, so a friend stepped in and played that instead um, and then I kind of had like lockdown a little breakdown like the rest of the world and I was like oh yeah let me just get back to making this song and then worked on it from that point really but there was a good like four or five month gap in between recording the strings in the studio to actually start and work on production and what I wanted in that wasn't sort of traditional instrumentation, I guess.
first pre-chorus. Uh, it's kind of like a like a like a sort of a tremolo thing in the strings, and I just think it's so hammy in musical theatre, and so unnecessarily so. Like it really, no one asked for it to be honest. I just think it suits the vibe of the song so much. I just think it's really fun, um, and it's like dramatic, and it's a bit sus- like it's got all this suspense. And this is really exciting. And then the most silly chorus comes in with the ba 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 all of that stuff. And I love that. I think that pre-chorus kind of really builds for me. That's my favourite string moment, I'd say. So the guy I wrote it with, Hayden Wynn, um, he is an amazing arranger, string arranger. So he arranged a um, he arranged all the strings for it, which was amazing and just again a really like joyful experience. He just basically like we sat down together and like I gave him a few ideas and like specific string melodies I wanted, and then he just flew with it and did a, such an amazing job. And we just kind of tweaked things together. Uh, and then once that was kind of the main bulk of it, I wanted the song to be quite string-led because it's just something I like in my music. Yeah. That was that was me. So I sort of like produced a bit before, so that I sent him a version that I'd produced. But I'm not really a producer. I'm aware that I'm not a producer. I have not really much intention of becoming a producer because I just feel like there's so many other things that I could probably do better. Maybe one day I will, but right now, I I don't I I haven't looked into it really or had like I've not felt sort of like compelled to. So I had a go, put a few things on like the Mellotron. The music box, I think that melody, the music box was me, then I wanted him to change the sound because he had like nicer sounds than me. Um, but yeah, it was just like a bit of a mix and match of stuff, really. The majority of the production was him. Jack, yeah, because he lives in Newcastle, which is sort of North England, and I'm—he's Northwest England. I was in the Southwest of England, like hours away from each other, and obviously we were in lockdown. So, yeah, it would have been cool if I've never even met him. I've never met him. It's crazy. Um, we said it all over email and like phone calls and stuff. Uh, but yeah, that's all him. I think those are people that do play classical music were sort of always going to, like their parents played and they were sort of given that opportunity or whatever. Like my parents are not, my parents are very much, weren't given that opportunity when they were younger. My dad always, always wanted to play an instrument and sort of have the privilege of having lessons, but his parents could never afford it, similarly with my mum. So for them, it was just a really big thing to be able to give me that opportunity. So it just feels like such a special gift that I've been given and not something that I take for granted ever. Because, you know, I find my parents weren't as, they went without so much so I could have those lessons and my little brothers as well play instruments. And it wasn't just some sort of given, like, you know, Persephone, she's going to play the cello, of course, all of that 
hoity-toity stuff like it I was the first person in my family to be able to play like an instrument like that and it was such a big deal and it still is a big deal and my grandparents love it and they're just so proud that they've got like a granddaughter that plays like a, a classical instrument because it's such a like it's such a skill like not to toot my own trumpet or anything like that but I am so I admire people that play classical instruments so much just because they're so technical and they're so difficult and I don't know it's just a really big part of my identity for a multitude of reasons it represents a lot it represents my parents it represents my my kind of uh my upbringing I don't know yeah I just it's just a big part of me really for probably less obvious reasons I suppose why do you say less obvious I guess because some people kind of would just it for me it just sort of represents like what my parents sacrificed for me my my dad's like my you know my dad's it's again it's really going off piece but you know my dad's dad you know came over to England with no money like nothing just him by himself left all of his children in Italy just came over with like no money nothing and then fast forward my dad and then me and I'm playing my cello in the Royal Academy of Music like he just makes him so proud he was a hundred this year um and it's just like it just represents like everything for me like just like my family and my like life and it means so much to my parents that I play as well and they've always been so conscious of me not losing it and not neglecting it um so I just always think about that and I mean, my mum even spoke to me today my, my cello's in London and I'm out in the countryside and she was like you need to go back to London to get your cello you need to do it so you've got it to play over the next couple of months and I was like I know I need to get my cello so I'm going to go on a mission at the end of this week to try and safely get my cello with testing so I can still work with it um but yeah pretty crazy Does that ever feel like a lot of pressure? Oh yeah, definitely. It used to be a massive pressure. Like we used to fall out about it all the time. Um, but now I've just come to terms with it a bit more and I'm kind of aware that it's still my thing and it's still my skill and I'm still the one that plays it and I'm still the one that sort of incorporates it into their music. So yeah, it used to feel like a massive pressure, especially when, like as I said before, you fluctuate with what you're interested in. I've gone through periods of time where I've just like been so uninterested in it and been like, well, I could give or take it. Like I don't really feel any massive affinity with it at the moment then I kind of redis not even rediscover it but like I'll have I'll start playing again and I'm like oh god no I love playing the cello like I just and I'll play it like incessantly for like two months and then I'll stop again and go to songwriting and I just seem to have no consistency but that's all right that's just how I work I think How do you feel the song fits into your discography? Yeah, I think that it fits differently to what I've done before. Everything's been quite um, open, quite emotional up until this point, always has been, probably always will be. Um, but I kind of often have not written about myself and my own personal experiences. I sort of avoid it. Not consciously, I just prefer writing about other people. I find them far more interesting than myself. So this is the first thing that's kind of come from a really personal experience and really um, like, you know, it's quite, it, was, it was raw when I wrote it. It was the day after, do you know what I mean? It was like literally the day after. So it fits, it fits well in the sense that it's open and honest. But for me personally, it fits differently because it's the most personal thing I've put out. What's your vision of, of the listener? What's the listener like doing while they're listening to this song? like dancing for me in this one 
like just and I all the feedback I've had most of it's kind of mentioned the dancey aspect they've been like oh yeah it's so fun it makes you just want to dance and I'm like yes exactly what I want you to do I want you to understand the fact that you have a nightmare situation with your boyfriend but you can still dance because why the hell not and now here's girlfriends in its entirety Friends are in the episode notes on our website, genretherapy.org. Girlfriends was performed by Blossom Calderoni. Writing and arrangement by Blossom Calderoni and Hayden Wynn. Production by Blossom Calderoni and Jack Kavsbert. Cover art by Theo Batterham. 
Genre Therapy is hosted and produced by Ben Shannerman for WKDU Philadelphia 91.7 FM, a non-commercial, student-run, free-format radio station. To listen to more original shows, you can stream on our website, wkdu.org. And Philadelphia listeners can tune in at 91.7 FM. To support local non-commercial radio, consider making a donation on our website, wkdu.org slash donate. An archive of previous genre therapy episodes is available on genretherapy.org. Thank you for listening. <laughs>